This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Aloha, spooky nerds, and welcome to Talking Strange, a paranormal pop culture show with the Den of Geek Network, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. I'm your host, journalist, author, researcher of weird things, Aaron Sagers, also appearing as the host of the Netflix series 28 Days Haunted, and on the Travel Channel and Discovery Plus show Paranormal Caught on Camera. And my guest today, he's a gentleman that I met in 2016, I believe, when he and his cohorts were launching their very first show. So I do get to feel a little bit of pride as far as I knew these guys like before their episodes had even premiered. So I knew them first. And uh, I could tell you right then, I could see that these guys were going to be rock stars in TV and in the paranormal world. He is Dalen Spratt. He's part of the popular series Ghost Brothers. And uh, and that has been on Destination America, TLC, Travel, Discovery Plus. And Ghost Brothers has been Ghost Brothers. It was Ghost Brothers Haunted House Guest, Ghost Brothers Lights Out, and Fright Club. And also they did the podcast Urban Legends with the Travel Channel. So these guys are all over the place. Um, Dalen specifically, as a budding enthusiast of paranormal investigation, he really takes a passionate hobby to the next level in some of the country's most haunted locations. And while exploring the paranormal, Dalen has also landed a position, which I'm pretty excited about, with iFit as one of their top fitness guides. Now he is taking on YouTube and a series of paranormal-themed videos titled Ghost Stories with a Ghost Brother. So here he is, Dalen Spread. Hey, my friend, how are you? What's going on? What's going on? I, you know, it's been months since I've seen you. It's like normally we have this like convention life, something going on, right? Every few weeks, it almost seems like running to you. Oh, it's Uh, about to pick back up though. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. It's like, do you have a pretty busy year ahead with conventions? Yeah, man. We was just going over our schedule yesterday. Yeah, we got something going pretty much every month, man, starting next month. So, yeah, it's about to get back on the road again. Yeah. How do you, I mean, before we get into all the other stuff, just how do you feel about the convention world? Because it's great. It's fun. People tell you you're awesome. I mean, it's a nice ego boost, but it's also, it can get a little bit quirky at times and 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 really physically draining because you are constantly on and interacting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just look at it like uh, we, the Ghost Brothers, are kind of like a, a, a music band. And I look at these conventions kind of like the festival circuit. So I feel like you got to go out there and touch the people, man. So no matter how long it is or how tiring it is, shit, that's where you make your fans, man. We've been in a, a lot of places where people never heard of us. Yeah. They saw us at conventions and we made, you know, new lifelong supporters. So, yeah, man, I take that any day, bro. I love touching the people, man. Like, but that's where you really get to meet the people that support you. 
Yeah, I, I really enjoy it as well. I mean, I do enjoy being out there and just the Comic-Con land mm-hmm. overall. What's uh, anything, any merchandise that you can tease that it's hitting the road? In 2023, we had some uh, various uh, pancake mixes, right, yeah. in the past? Yeah. The, the Bros Gourmet, man, our pancake mixes, uh, they're across the room right now. Yeah, we're going to drop a, all year. We're dropping new flavors, man. I think we're doing cinnamon next. So that should be coming out pretty shortly. And then uh, the Graveyard Shift, man, my personal YouTube series, man, uh, people have been asking for uh, a lot of merch. So I've designed some T-shirts, man, that I'm going to start releasing probably in the next two weeks. Right on. I've said it to you guys before. I'll say it again that I've, I've worked in media for a long time and the Ghost Brothers are master marketers and just really <laughs> excellent at getting the word out about everything you do. But uh, <laughs> let's let's backtrack a little bit because. So you grew up in Dallas, right? Dallas, Texas, born and raised. And, you know, I, I'm wondering, were there any, like, really cool, not even necessarily ghost stories, but urban legends that you as Baby Dalen, that was sort of your boogeyman or the stuff that freaked you out uh, in Dallas or even getting a little bit older when you started attending uh, Clark Atlanta University? Yeah. Man, to be honest, man, nah, I wasn't really into none of that stuff. Like, that wasn't my life at all. <laughs> yeah. But like, when I see people now that I went to high school with or college with, they always congratulate me, but they're always like, that was never, <laughs> that was never me, bro. I was never into anything paranormal. I mean, I liked, I liked uh, horror movies or scary movies and stuff, bro, but I ain't never have any interest in ghosts or paranormal afterlife investigating, none of that stuff. I kind of just fell into it, man, so... My younger years was, uh, yeah, man, I was doing a lot of sneaking out and running around, man. I was, I was, I was chasing girls, man. That was my interest, man, growing up like that, man. I didn't even have, so to even think about urban legends and all that stuff, that was so far out of my wheelhouse. <laughs> like, yeah, he made a post on Instagram the other day and I just bust out laughing. And it was basically saying that, the reason why I sit in the house so much now is because the things that you're doing as an adult, I did at 15. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah. So it's cool now to be an adult. And um, I don't know, I feel like this investigating does kind of bring me back to, it makes me feel younger. Like all of my friends and cohorts are working corporate jobs and careers. And I kind of got the cool job, man. I get to travel the world, hang with my friends, shoot television, do something new literally every day. Yeah, you can't beat it. It's it is a little bit like a uh, you're kind of playing pretend all the time or playing dress up. You know, you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, so I get to go roam around a place and uh, even whether it's haunted or not, just exploring a place that most people may not have access to and doing it overnight when it's totally empty. It's pretty rad. It's pretty great. Um, your, your upbringing was, uh, it was based in religion? Yeah, yeah, man. I'm Christian, uh, Southern Christian. My mom, she's been my pastor, head pastor of our church since I was in the third grade. So raised by a pastor, preacher's kid, grew up in the church. Every facet of the church, from the choir to the usher board to the drill team to the dance team. Like, I, I did all of that growing up. What... What was sort of the thought process? So I grew up with religion as well. And, you know, I know different communities. It's like you don't talk about the supernatural because something is either of God or of the devil. So it's either and and ghosts are not of God. So it means it's bad news. (laughs) Yeah. 
that's, yeah, that's the same principle that I uh, grew up around, man. Marcus has a famous quote. He says, black folks, the only ghost we acknowledge is the Holy Ghost. And uh, that's the truth, man. Like we, like you said, anything other than that is demonic. And it's which is, I mean, I, I mean, again, I don't know. And I tell people all the time, don't look for me for answers. Just look at my experience because I don't have any answers. I right. don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I can tell you a million things of what I think and can be dead ass wrong. So, you know, I grew up hearing that, you know, the way I was taught, the dead stay dead, period. Like anything that you feel like you're communicating with is not what you think it is. And it's something totally dark, demonic, devil related. And like, that's how I've always grown. It wasn't until me being an adult and doing Ghost Brothers, I'm just like, if everything is demonic, there are some pretty cool demons out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like some pretty nice <laughs> demons out there. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I, it's it's funny because I've heard you talk about this in the past about so you and Juwan were going to school together and then you befriended Marcus as well uh, but you you had this I know you and Juwan were talk about your mom your mom was a, was a preacher and then um, this notion of talking about spirituality and whatnot but you had a dream that we should we should go hunt ghosts. We should make TV hunting ghosts. Is that the deal? Me and Juwan, we were uh, working for BT back in the day. We were both doing wardrobe on the Monique show. She had a talk show back in the day. So every day we was just watching them make TV and just watching what it took to make a TV show. We're mingling with producers, directors, cameramen, sound guys, PAs, wardrobe, crafty. Like we're just learning the business of television. And uh, we were roommates at the time. And I remember I just woke up in the middle of the night one night and my TV was on and one of the ghost hunting shows at the time was on television. Again, I didn't watch any of them, so I didn't know. I can't tell you to this day what show it was, but I just knew that I ain't never seen no black folks doing that. And I was like, I wonder why. Then I thought back to my religious upbringing. I was like, I wonder because, you know, black and brown people just have a reputation of being, you know, very, very spiritual people. And uh, yeah, and we don't play with stuff like that. And I went online, I Googled, I searched, I Yahooed, I Binged, I reached out to people on Facebook, paranormal groups. I literally probably sent out a thousand emails looking for a black ghost hunter. And I couldn't find one. And nobody was involved in a group that had any black ghost hunters. Like it was just, it was nothing. I could find no, I think maybe one lady wrote me back and she was like a psychic from England that was like half black. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we getting there. We getting there. But nah, me and Juwan just went out and did it ourselves. And we put a little link on YouTube. And literally like six years later, a production company was looking for black ghost hunters on the behalf yeah. of Discovery. And they couldn't find any. All they could find was the video that we put on YouTube six years prior. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think... I, I, yeah, they, there certainly just wasn't hardly any representation, definitely not on TV and even no. just within the community. Like, you know, I was already doing events at that time. And, you know, unfortunately, like occasionally you would see one person of color show up mm -hmm. and and it's like, oh, yeah, here's all of our white folk stories. Yeah. You know, but not a lot of representation beyond that. Um, the, did you feel like. Okay, so the, but this idea just—I'm curious when you when you kind of decide to put together the YouTube thing, 
And it was smart because no one was doing it and clearly it got you attention. But was it like a little part of you that was like, I am so going to piss off my mom and family. I, I mean, because even I do stuff now yeah. that I'm like, I don't know, this gets back to my mom. Like, yeah. you know, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, well, one, I've always been, I don't want to call myself rebellious, but uh, I've always done what I wanted to do. And my mom knows that about me, even from a young age. Like, I've always been a person that, even today in life, uh, I, I, I weigh out, you know, the consequences, the good, the bad. I look at every angle for something I'm about to do. It's like, if I'm about to do something bad, I need to know what my consequences are. <laughs> I need to know what my options are. I need to know what my story is. Like, I have it all put together. And I'm going to do what I want to do regardless. So I really wasn't too concerned about what my mama, you know what I'm saying, was going to say. Because me and her are best friends. So she could tell me her opinion and I could look her in her face and be like, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> but I'm going to go out here and do what I got to do. And she's not going to stop me. But it was just, to be honest, we had no intentions of being ghost hunters. We just wanted to produce a show about black ghost hunters because we thought it was just interesting. But again, we couldn't find any black ghost hunters. So we had to do it ourselves for a proof of concept. So we didn't know what we was doing. We didn't have any equipment. All we had was a camera. That's it. <laughs> That's all we knew. We didn't know anything about equipment, EMF detectors, K2, SLS, uh, all spirit box. We knew nothing. All of that, you might as well have been talking to us in Mandarin or Portuguese. <laughs> like we didn't know anything. So we just were just trying to produce a show around black ghost hunters and we just couldn't find any. So for the proof of concept, like I said, we went down to Savannah, we shot some footage of what we thought ghost hunters would do and just put it on YouTube. So when the, uh, the network and the production company or television development company reached out, that was our biggest thing. Like we don't know what we're doing. So don't try to present us as these experts. Like, let us be us and let people just fall in love with our journey. But don't lie to these folks. Like, don't try to make us learn some lingo or some language that we don't know. We got into it our first day of filming <laughs> with the production company because they opened up a trunk. That's where Pop the Trunk started. <laughs> they opened up a trunk and there was all this equipment. And they were like, all right, guys, pick what you want. And we was like, we don't want none of that. <laughs> and they were like, well, you have to use it. And our whole stance was, we don't know what we're doing and we're not going to be on TV making a mockery, you know what I'm saying? Looking like we don't know what we're doing or faking like we know what we're doing. So you just give us something that we know how to use. So a recorder, <laughs> a flashlight, <laughs> like little shit like that. And we were able to, you know, throughout our matriculation, grow in the end. And the world has seen it. Well, and you, I mean, you guys have always come across as authentic with what you're doing and what you're, what you know and what you don't know. And, and honestly, like you said, no one knows really anything. I mean, we're, we're literally figuratively poking around in the dark, right? We're just, we got theories, you know, we're just trying to figure it all out. But, but what you did know is going into this, going into the TV business, you're entering into this, this business that is sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's cutthroat. Sometimes it's sleazy. And you also know, what it has looked like in the past to be the first black representation on a show was there pushback and then since you've worked with a couple other production companies was there any pushback initially about like yeah no we're we're not we may be the first but we're not going to be your tokens here uh 
I think we were more so concerned about that aspect from our community. Like we ain't really not to be funny or, or nothing, but we ain't really care what white folks thought. <laughs> like we didn't. Like to be honest, we just didn't. We were more so compared uh, worried about what our community was gonna think of us. We didn't want our community looking at us like, oh, they're a bad representation of us, or they give us a bad name, or they're playing around and joking around and aren't serious. Like we didn't want any of that. So that was a real conversation that we had with the network. Like we're not for none of that. So we are, we're very protected and protective of our image and how we're portrayed. Like I've worked in TV a long time and I've been doing TV for years. I'm yeah. talking about from, I want to work for Diddy back in the day to a uh, hell date. to like all these old shows back in the day. And I'll never forget. I was on, I want to work for Diddy, which is this whole game show about people trying to, they moved us to New York, put us all in a house together, and we had to buy for a job to work for P. Diddy. And it was cool. It was my first time really doing reality TV like that. But uh, I had a talk with the executive producer, Sean Rankin. I'll never forget. And I just felt like they were trying to get us to be messy and aggressive and make television. And I told him, I was like, man, Sean, man, I don't feel comfortable. I feel like y'all trying to you know, make us be something that we're not or do something that we don't do. And this man looked me in my face. I had to be about maybe 23 years old. And he was like, look, Dalen, we can't air nothing on TV or edit anything on TV that you didn't already do. <laughs> so he was like, look, if you don't want to look a certain way, then don't do those certain things. Because I can't edit nothing that you don't give me. <laughs> and I was like, damn. Yeah. Always be aware, Dalen, <laughs> of how you're presenting yourself, because these folks in TV land don't care. They waiting for you to do something crazy so they can make it a moment. Yeah. Where uh, someone's and thankfully not with Ghost Brothers, but with, even with a lot of other paranormal shows, especially in the past, there's always been the there's still that villain. There's it's it's like that format that you see with, you know, the real world or other shows that or Survivor that there's the certain character types where now this guy is the aggressive one. This is the villain. Yeah. This is the, the pushover, whatever it might be that still exists, even in the paranormal world, even in the paranormal TV, that stuff exists. Um, the, uh, we have a, a question coming in from the live audience asking, have you found more black ghost hunters since you started? Uh, this comes from black Amanda and, I think it's obviously a worthwhile question because you have been doing the events. The yeah. shows have done well. You've done multiple shows. Have you found that there's more of a community emerging? Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, you probably see it now going to these events. I ain't saying it's because of us at all, but maybe it's just because of the day that we're in now. But there's way more people of color now. Like you said, I've been to countless events when I first started, when we first started, where me, Mark, and Juwan was the only people of color there at all <laughs> like yeah. throughout the whole weekend and now we come man folks is bringing their kids well, we get it literally at every convention at least one black family comes up to us and just thanks us for the representation because their kids are into it or it gives them family time like so that's cool i love everybody like all the white folks mexicans uh asian everybody come talk to us but it's just cool when somebody that looks like us comes up to us and tells us that we're the reason that they feel comfortable expressing themselves. I, and I think it's a combination of seeing people that look like you 
on TV. That's part of it. And then also, I think having tracked this genre for a very long time, pretty much since this, since like 2004, God, I'm old, but it's, I think it's almost like baby steps, evolution of a genre, uh, almost, you know, that it started out this way and it was very formulaic. And then people started saying, well, let's get some other stories out there. Well, let's expand. Well, let's, you know, get different types of people uh, out there. And, and and starts to grow a little bit. So I'm co- I hope that it continues on that path. And I've seen from sort of the behind the scenes element that there is definitely more uh, more willingness to do it. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. these you know people of all different um, uh, colors and cultural background have existed forever, right? But mm-hmm. uh, network TV people still only see pretty much themselves. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Let's uh let's talk a little bit about the YouTube channel because you have kind of a couple different things happening. You um on one hand you're bringing in your wife Stacy, you've got the grave uh graveyard shift. Yeah. Uh, and we've got some graveyard shifters in the audience right now. Love it. Love uh the ghost roast. So t- t- kind of break down the different things that you're doing and what you view as the overall mission of the ghost stories with a ghost brother youtube channel yeah yeah so the overall channel is just my name Dalen spratt and i try to produce different programming for said channel so we have ghost stories with the ghost brothers we have ghosted and roasted and right now we have the graveyard shift and i'm just gonna be completely honest man like you said man this tv business is fickle uh we done came back with new shows every two years it never fails <laughs> like it never fails you know you do a show for a year or two Something goes wrong, whether it's a production company, whether it's always a production company, to be honest, <laughs> like they always end up falling out with a production company that has two or three shows. And it's just better business to let them go and just create a new show for the talent. Once you are a proven talent, you can kind of just keep reinventing yourself as long as you have new ideas. So anytime we start getting around season two, season three or something, <laughs> I start getting a little side eye like, hmm when y'all gonna pull the rug on this one <laughs> so let me just be ready with a thousand other ideas just in case and getting into this new year i was just like i have too many dope ideas to just be waiting on a network to just green light them like that's just a waste of my creative i feel like my creativity uh is my superpower like Jawan is beautiful he's a model tall you know marcus is funny and hilarious and a comedian i feel like my superpower is my creativity man like that's where god truly blessed me with so we got a thousand ideas for concepts man and i was just like i don't like waiting around to hear if we got a new season to hear if you're going to send us somewhere else hear if you're going to give us something else we get a new show so i just wanted to produce my own content that i can control i don't have to ask anybody i can just wake up and go film and I just wanted to have 100% control. So then I start thinking, I was like, damn, YouTube pays out the best out of all the platforms over Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Their AdSense program really rocks. And I was just like, if I could build out my YouTube channel in between seasons, then it will almost be like, we're not taking a hiatus <laughs> and you can always see me. People don't care where they digest their content as long as they're digesting content 
And I learned that from doing the iFit series. People are literally watching me as they're walking on a treadmill, on their treadmill. And I get just as much interaction with people as if they're watching Ghost Brothers on TV. And I was like, damn, okay. Everything ain't gotta be TV. It can be a treadmill. It can be YouTube. <laughs> like people just want to digest content. So I was like, okay, if I make YouTube my priority, that's essentially my television network. That YouTube channel is my travel channel, my Discovery Plus, my Netflix. So the key is, how can I keep people coming back to my channel, making people add Daily Sprash YouTube channel into their daily watching rotation? They don't care. People watch it on TV. Like on my TV right now, I can pull up YouTube and I'm watching TV just like it's Netflix and I'm just watching YouTube. Everybody has that. So I was like, okay, how many pieces of content or shows can I create for my channel to keep people coming back every other day? So that's what started Ghost Stories with the Ghost Brother. I was like, maybe I can refine creepy Reddit stories and then just read them out loud. You know what I'm saying? Maybe add some, some of them I animated and some of them I just added graphics. And some of them are just me telling stories that I'm reading off Reddit. And people like that a little bit. I didn't get the reaction that I thought I would get from it because people don't even realize I started this YouTube page doing this probably about two years ago. And I was trying out little, if you go back to the beginning of my YouTube page, there's only like 75 videos on there. But the first few, you see me trying little things to see if, if, if it gets a bite from people. And none of that did. And it wasn't until two months ago that I just, God blessed me with the idea of the graveyard shift. I was driving past a cemetery right up the street from my house. And I was just like, I wonder if I could do a spirit box session in a cemetery and what would happen? No way did I think people were going to just want to watch me sitting in a cemetery, just holding a 20 minute conversation with, with whoever. And when I tell you, man, it took off, <laughs> it took off. So I was like, okay, I got one series that's working. That's the graveyard shift. I was like, I need at least two more. And so I was doing little reaction videos because I know that Fright Club works, which is just us reviewing clips on the internet. But the thing about Fright Club, you have to, which is kind of like paranormal caught on camera. You have to accept the clip for what it is. Even if you want to call bullshit <laughs> for TV purposes, you have to accept the clip for what it is. And people don't like get that. that. People, huh? people, I, I have to just, I have to explain that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I don't, I, it's cool, but I don't really, I want to be honest sometimes, right? You're right. I want to get a clip and be like, man, that's some bull and ghosted or roasted was just that it gave me the opportunity to just to scan the internet to find all these paranormal clips and just to give my honest opinion and i thought it was dope that my wife was like i want to try it and i was like okay and people love her like people love she's the breakout star of my youtube channel so you ask what is the future for my youtube channel it's to create my own network and have literally five to seven days of content rolling every week. So I want to have five different programs that I'm starring in <laughs> on my YouTube channel. Because to be completely honest with you, Aaron, 
you probably can make more on YouTube <laughs> if you grow it right than you can getting these little TV deals. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you're so right. I mean, you say you've said so many things that I, I'm like, yes, 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 <laughs> and also. I want to shake other people out there and say, like, I mean, look, I'm fortunate that TV's worked out for me in a lot of ways, but also anybody that's holding their breath for TV and think that that's that's how it's going to break, and then they're going to become like, uh, no. hey, I'm I'm set, financially secure, I'm no. ain't how it works. You got to use TV as just as a stepping stool. Like you gain the popular the popularity, which I call social equity, <laughs> and then you use that. <laughs> to skyrocket and do your own thing. So for me, Travel Channel and Discovery has provided me the past six years, a whole huge network of people that enjoy watching me in the paranormal. So since I started this page, I'm just gradually taking those people one by one. Yep. <laughs> Come on over to YouTube, baby. You can watch me all day long. And it's the exact same thing. I'm getting probably more interaction now from just doing my own YouTube thing than the show dropping once a week for eight weeks on Discovery Plus. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I, yes, uh, Juwan is tall and beautiful. Marcus is funny. <laughs> I, 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 I think, I hope I'm, I share more of the superpower with you as yeah. far as content creativity, because mm -hmm. I mean, even this is the question of like, what is TV anymore? TV is whatever you want it to be, where, whether it's on your phone and on your treadmill, on a, a, big flat screen on my computer yep. it's wherever you want it to be it's it's content it, and then and and there is such a need for content but what you're doing is you're creating something that yes you own it's also proof of concept everything you do you're finding out what works what doesn't work yep. and then you can repackage that and resell it to someone else if you want to down the line so i, I definitely thought about that man um i've been talking to a few people because it's crazy the graveyard shift has only been around, I want to say, maybe nine weeks, like since the inception, like since the idea dropped in my head <laughs> to do the graveyard shift. And I've already been contacted by a couple of different entities about doing something. Yeah. I just me and my wife had a long conversation. It's just like we want to hold on to that. We just want to hold on to the graveyard shift. I don't want to sell it to anybody. Not right now. I don't want to do anything with anybody like I want this to be my baby that I just grow into a teenager and an old man. Cause I, and then beyond me, I'm talking numbers now. So my background is business period. Yeah. I have my MBA in business, Clarkland University in marketing, studied abroad in Beijing, China, international business, international marketing, all this shit is before TV. So my background is literal like corporate business. <laughs> so I look at everything like a business. And I'm researching YouTube just as a platform overall and just seeing how these numbers correlate with the AdSense dollars. And there's websites like socialblade.com that give you a rough estimate how much these YouTube channels are actually making these people solely from AdSense dollars. We're not talking about merch. We're not talking about sponsorships. We're not talking about outside entities. Solely people watching your video and watching the ads associated that play in your video. There's... Two young boys named Sam and Kobe, Kobe Cody. Y'all know them in the comments, but yeah. their, their audience is more so the, the younger generation, right? If you watch their videos, they're, they're a lot more fast paced. It's a lot less storytelling <laughs> and just more so just, just moments. 
moments, quick moments, quick moments. Like my wife was watching it with me and she was like, this shit makes my head hurt. <laughs> like, I can't watch these kids do this. But they're making $100,000 a month. <laughs> a month, Aaron. <laughs> no, I know. it's and And it's also the... And this is kind of a more of a business talk, but I love this. I, I most certainly love this because I don't think most people get into it. Um, is that again, certainly don't want to uh piss off any corporate overlords, but we're talking about a network is st- even if it's a as a streaming component, it's still reaching a certain amount of people, whereas something like YouTube, you're reaching a globe, you're globe. reaching you know, a, a, it's the market is so much bigger and you have so much more market penetration into it because you're reaching an audience that may not have been caught catching you on ghost brothers, uh, but might be searching the, you know, tags for paranormal and ghost stories and graveyard shift. Aaron, I'm going to put you on some game, man, that I learned when, uh, doing all of my studying and research. So the ghost brothers has a huge audience in Brazil. Mm hmm. Crazy. I've noticed yeah. that with with uh, the 28 Days Haunted, the Netflix thing, too. Insane. Huge, yeah. huge audience in Brazil. So what's the next step for the graveyard shift? Just dubbing my same content in Portuguese. That's it. That's it. Same content that I'm already doing. The 20 videos I've already posted. Just hiring somebody that speaks Portuguese to just dub the video over mm-hmm. and market my Portuguese, <laughs> the yeah. graveyard shift, to all of our followers in Brazil. It's the same concept. You're yeah. just, like it's, yeah. I'm mad that it took me so long because <laughs> honestly, this is some shit I should have been doing four years ago. After the second season of Ghost Brothers, I should have took my talents to YouTube and rolled the wave of Ghost Brothers alongside building my YouTube channel. I'm coming to the game a little late now with my YouTube channel, but it's cool. It's, it's picking up. And yeah, like I said, I get that residual rollover from everything Ghost Brothers, everything paranormal caught on camera everything mm-hmm. the podcast like all of that sprite club all of that rolls over and my idea was to just treat my youtube channel like a regular tv channel so i put mm-hmm. together a press tour i went and got uh artwork made for my for the graveyard shift i had a photo shoot got the the cover photo made i booked like 15 interviews for just people that had outlets but what i wanted to do was reach out to everyday people everyday people that might norm not normally get to interview a travel channel talent. You know what I mean? These are people in Bumblefuck, Ohio, who started a podcast, you know, eight months ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I just wanted to give everybody the the option to be able to interview me for my project, The Graveyard Ship. And like I said, man, I did like 15 interviews, man. It was real cool. And I just wanted, like I said, the whole purpose is just to treat my channel like it is an actual network. So everything that I've learned the past six years working with Discovery and Travel Channel, I'm implementing those same strategies just on my personal YouTube channel. And yeah, man, it's, it's doing well. We're at like 8, 000, almost 8,000 subscribers in like two months. And uh, yeah, it's growing. Yeah. We got monetized in 30 days. And uh, yeah, we're just reinvesting every bit of money that we make on the channel. We reimburse it back into the channel. So we're about to buy new cameras, uh we're traveling we're headed to la this weekend to shoot graveyard shift episodes uh yeah man so it's just reinvesting everything back into the channel 
This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. And something that you you do really well, I, I think we spoke about this. I forget which which event it was. Um, I think that we have a shared sensibility of while it's fun to go to these locations and it is fun. You know, you stay at a cushy hotel sometimes and investigate or go to the Winchester Mystery House or whatever. It's cool. It's a mansion. But there's a real appeal to talking to people where they live, like like. I, you know, as someone that didn't come from anything like talking to people that are in regular neighborhoods or even places that are typically overlooked because they're considered low income or whatever. I think there's definitely a necessity and appeal to reach out to people in those places. Not and, and it doesn't you have to just be like, let's ghost hunt. But hey, tell me some stories. What like, you know, what are maybe the urban legends or the things that are happening? You know, tell me about your life right here. Yeah. Yeah. 100% man 100% man you got to be able to touch everybody bro like I said YouTube allows the freedom for you to do that there's people you know what I mean that complain rightfully so about you know having to buy an uh when we were on, when we were on um Destination America the whole thing was I have to get a new package plan to yeah. get EA on it and then when Discovery Plus rolled out, damn, I got to pay $4.99 a month <laughs> to watch more people than that. So it's always something. Well, YouTube, shit is free. We passing the buck on to the advertisers. Like, we're doing exactly what the networks are doing, just on a way smaller scale. And, uh, yeah, it gives the freedom for people of all socioeconomic classes to be able to enjoy your product without it costing them a dollar. Yeah. I, I I do want to get to some uh, live audience questions in a minute, but it, it, I feel like I definitely have to ask. Um, uh, you, you brought in your wife, Stacy. You, you touched on this before, but how does that kind of shift the dynamic of public persona, Dalen, when you're talking about the ghosty stuff? And and also, like, I, I watched I watched the videos, but I'm curious about your perspective. Like, what do, what do you really think her take is? And does she ever think that... Uh, hubby's job is a little bit silly yeah so it's funny man i when i was in grad school i my first real life internship was at yahoo in santa monica so i worked in their entertainment marketing division so my job at yahoo was to get you aaron to go from yahoo music to yahoo games to their celebrity gossip platform back then omg so how can i get you as a user to go from point a to point b to point c so I had to create this whole strategy over the summer, which they did implement some of my ideas, which is dope, which is dope. I love that. And I'm proud of that. But um, at the time, I had an, a meeting with an executive of marketing. And at the time, I was programming a piece on the front page of Yahoo. And it was like a little section of like, what's new? So my job was to find pictures. So say we're talking about Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, and President Clinton. My job was to find photos of them and then word whatever the title is to get you to click it to go into that article or whatever. And I was talking to one of the executives of marketing and they were just like, never forget, chicks click. And I was like, what do you mean? Pictures of women 
people click on those way more often <laughs> than they do of men. And that's just always stuck in the back of my mind. So when I introduced my wife, I was like, damn, chicks click. And then you have to go back into who our target audience is that watches paranormal. So you have, it's my wife walking by now. So you you actually have, you know, that target demographic is like, you know, 25 to like 45 middle America woman. Like that's mm-hmm. pretty much what the target demographic is for uh, paranormal. So when you start looking at those people as a, a audience or someone that you're trying to push content out to, what are they comfortable with? What does a middle-aged woman want to see? You know what I mean? And once I brought my wife in, I realized it was gold. It was gold. They want to see relationships, spousal. They want to see other women. You know what I mean? And the dope part about my wife is she doesn't have any background in anything paranormal. So she's coming just with her raw opinion. And it's so much different from mine. It just works. And the thing about my wife, it's not that she isn't a believer. It's that she believes way too much. Like she's frightened. My wife doesn't do anything. She hasn't been to not a single paranormal location, even when we were dating. (laughs) Never. She's only been to two conventions and they both were in Atlanta and she only came both times to drop me off lunch. <laughs> like I, I think I met her briefly at Hauntlanta. Exactly. Very briefly. Very briefly. <laughs> yeah. Like she just does not she supports me wholeheartedly, but she was raised like I was raised. You know what I mean? From the South, raised in the church. You don't play with stuff like that. She's just deathly terrified of all of that stuff. So it's cool for her to sit down and watch clips with her husband because you can be funny, she can make jokes, have a good time. But the people the people have been asking for her to come out on an investigation with me. So I'm trying to ease her into that. So hopefully in the next week or so, I get her out to one of the graveyard shifts just to kind of just get her feet wet a little bit with the paranormal. It's daytime. She's with me. <laughs> like nothing too crazy. Well, I, in the in the audience, people are, are saying, we all know Ghost or Roasted is Stacy's show. And, <laughs> and referencing... The one where Stacy looked at him sideways about the grocery bag still has you rolling, and and people want to get uh, Stacy out out to uh, a, a graveyard shift. Um, and yeah. and one of the questions I was going to ask, I think this is a good one, is uh, people also like seeing babies and kids, man. Uh, <laughs> you think yeah. think we're going to get uh, your son uh, Axel Lee out there at some point when he's a little bit older? Daughter. Daughter, I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. Everybody, she gets it all the time. I, well, and I think I met her briefly at Hauntlanta, briefly, too, actually. Briefly. I don't know. Sorry about that. Yeah. No, no, no. It's cool, man. We 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 knew that was going to happen when we gave her a boy name. <laughs> but, uh... Man. Yes. Well, you're talking to an Aaron, so... You're <laughs> right. You're right. Either way. But, no, nah, I, I... I don't think her mom would probably let her. Her mom probably wouldn't let her. And I don't think I really want her to. She would have to come to me and just be like dad this is something i want to do but i'm not gonna introduce her to it i'm not gonna like i don't know i mean i'm saying that now she's one so i don't know maybe when she gets a little bit older but as of now i just want to keep her away from all of that because oh yeah you know kids can be real 
so I don't know. Like I feel like they they can be a little bit too open, and I don't want to. I don't know. I don't want to introduce her to any of that stuff that might. And she's at an age where she can't really because she's one, so she's she's not articulating herself. You know what I'm saying? Enough to tell me, hey, daddy, I see somebody standing in the corner. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I just kind of want to keep her away. And if she if she finds that herself, then cool, I'll ease her into it. But I'm not gonna for the sake of a show, put my, throw my daughter in the fire. My sure. wife, I will. That's well, sure. <laughs> if, I mean, she might, I mean, emulate dad. Yeah. At some point she might want to do, you know, view it as the family business. Um, yeah. Hey man, we'll see. We'll so, see. Stacy also was involved in the Harlem hops, right? Yeah, man. Stacy has a lot, man. It, Which I still, here's the thing is like, I'm in New York. I'm down in Atlanta a lot. At yeah. some point, I need to. You need to arrange something. I need to try this. I need to go up to Harlem Hops, but yeah. she needs yeah. to do some introductions for that. For sure. So they're actually, and we we're going to announce it. We're shooting an episode of Ghost of the Roasted, I think, tomorrow, but we're going to say it on the video. But uh, they're actually opening up their second location. So they were. So Harlem Hops right now is located in Harlem, New York, and uh, yeah, they we're going on our fifth year anniversary really soon. But James Beard, so they were nominated currently for the James Beard Award. So people in the food and drink industry, the James Beard Award is like the Oscars. It's huge, yes. Industry. So right now, they're working their way. They're nominated and they're working their way down to the semifinals of that award. But while doing so, the James, there's a James Beard building in the Chelsea, in Chelsea. Chelsea Market? Uh, I don't know if it's the market. I'm not familiar with New York like that. I don't go to New York too often. That's okay. my base. But in Chelsea, there's a Google office. And James Beard selected a few businesses to put inside this Google office space in this food court area. And so they selected Harlem Hops, my wife's bar, to be the flagship bar at this location in Chelsea in the Google offices. So they're building out that space now, man. I've seen pictures and video. My wife travels back and forth uh, while they're doing the build out. So that's going to be their second location, man. And it opens, I want to say, in maybe May. In May. So they're doing big things, man. They're doing really, really big things. I'm proud of her. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, that's very cool. Congratulations. Yeah. And and please, uh, when she comes up for the opening, you come up for the opening, please let me know. And sure, um, sure. And, But yeah, I need to. I need to make my way up there anyhow. I mean, I'm I enjoy beer a little bit too much sometimes, yeah, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I get it. I yeah, get it. Uh, just three more questions. I'm going to let you go. But sure. uh, people want to know about, you know, any guest stars on Graveyard Shift. And then specifically, I think it's a natural question about whether or not Marcus, Marcus and Juwan at any point are going to join in on a Graveyard Shift. For sure. So Marcus it's crazy. Marcus was supposed to join me probably three times. But the thing about the graveyard shift, like it's outside. So I'm really handcuffed to the weather. And right now in Georgia, it's cold and it's been rainy. So literally every time I'm trying to link with Marcus to shoot the graveyard shift, it rains <laughs> and we don't go. So Marcus in the off season, he travels cutting hair. Yeah. So catching up with Marcus during the off season is just like, you got to catch him when he's here. And every time he's been here to try to go film with me, it's rain. And so Jawan, you know, Jawan has his, he has a restaurant in Miami, uh, Harold's Chicken. 
and shrimp. So he's back and forth between Miami. So it's just trying to catch everybody in between their off season. So, but yeah, we got big plans, man. We got plans to uh, definitely to bring them onto the graveyard ship. That's a no brainer as soon as they get some time. Because I go out of my way to shoot like, I try to shoot something every couple of days, man. Like I, I don't like, as a content creator, I like getting out, yeah. creating content. And like I said, my boys, they got a million other things going, man. So they might not have the flexibility or the freedom just to, like right now, we could end this right now. And I could be like, eh, there's a graveyard up the street. Let me run over there real quick and shoot 20 minutes. That's not me having to call to one and him checking his schedules and him coming over. And that's like the freedom that I wanted with the graveyard shift. It's just, it's hard with a trio to get three people scheduled in a line to do some shit outside of like, that's already planned. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it's just like, yeah, you got to work with what you can, but yeah, we talk about it all the time. So that, and we're actually working on some stuff together that we're going to do probably for YouTube collectively. Good. Yeah. Yeah. We're playing with some ideas now, man. But again, I, it's just everybody's schedule. Yeah. I mean, it's always just good seeing what you guys put out there because I, it's, there's some people that you view as like, oh, that's the paranormal guy, you know, yeah. and then, uh, you know, I or or various other things. I am glad that you have found success in the paranormal world. But it's like I don't see Ghost Brothers as the as paranormal. I see as Dalen, Marcus and Juwan really insanely talented guys that could really go branch out into anything um i appreciate it no i truly i've i've had just watching from from a business and creative standpoint outside of just like oh i'm i'm you know that's a cool show i like what they do and and enjoy seeing you at events just tracking has been fun because Mm -hmm. i'm like oh they know what they're doing yeah yeah it's strategic and it's good it's it and i that is bottom of my heart compliment I appreciate that, man. I think only thing that I think keeps you alive in this business is just the supporters and then the creativity. Like if you can keep coming up with new concepts, it's just networks aren't going to break new talent too often. It takes time, money and energy to blow up the next anything. You can look at any network. You can look at HGTV. You can look at the Food Network. Buddy that made cupcakes done had 10 cupcake making shows (laughs) on the Food Network. You telling me it ain't nobody else in this world that can make cupcakes? They found a talent that works. A show may only work for a couple of years, and it might not work no more. As long as you got a talent that works, you can just keep rebranding that talent, doing the same thing. And it's the same thing in the paranormal world. Look at how many of us have had. I was looking at, uh, uh, what's his name? Jason Hawes. Yeah. I think, and he just posted the other day. His 15 year journey. Yep. And it was like 12 different shows. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or or re- iterations. Of iterations, shows. yeah. And it's just like, bro, it's they're not gonna keep developing talent. They just develop new shows. Yeah. Even when things look bleak, as long as you have another idea, <laughs> like it's always gonna be opportunity, man. And well, you gotta to, you gotta but, cultivate. I, I strongly think you gotta cultivate new voices too and you use should. your influence to 
build up other people. It's it's a survival tactic because it's good for you, but it's also good for others out there. Is yeah. that something that you've thought about doing? Like, you know what? Like, you now have enough influence to bring others along. Yeah, yeah, we have, we have. Marcus has talked about that, uh, trying to do a show, refine like the next big ghost hunter. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. That's definitely an option. But again, man, that's why I like, uh, even on Ghost Brothers, we try to bring in, like we love Chip. Chip is our right-hand man. Cindy, love her. It was like, damn, where the black medians at? So we brought in Reggie. You know what I mean? He was a black medium that we brought in and we work with all the time. He's just as talented as everyone else that I've ever had readings from or interacted with. So anything that we can do, we try to. In the first season of Ghost Brothers, we brought in two of our friends, you know what I mean, that work in television but had no background in paranormal. So uh, even on the graveyard shift, my buddy Anthony, I try to bring in people from that I know from my personal life and space and introduce them to this because I know they're not into it. They have no background, no idea. So I'm all about, you know, shedding the light on new people and new individuals. I've been thinking about, I've been talking to my wife, but we got to get it together, man. Cause you know, people are crazy, <laughs> but we've been thinking about trying to find a way to bring out supporters on episodes of the graveyard shift. So if you're a, a supporter of the graveyard shift, and you watch it religiously and you're commenting, I think I'm gonna do something to where maybe once a month, I maybe go, you meet me somewhere and then I bring you out on an episode of the graveyard shift. But it definitely has to be somebody else there. <laughs> it gotta be somebody in mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're a smart man, but I also want you to be a safe man. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So it's, it's gonna take a few moving pieces to do that. But that's definitely a plan. And I want yeah. to start bringing out more people that don't have any backgrounds in paranormal. Yeah. I, I like their take. A, a kind of final question. It's out of left field, but I know you're a movie guy. Um, and I was just curious if uh, any, any kind of Oscar predictions or any movies that you've really been into recently that you want to hype anything on the way that you're kind of looking forward to. Man, what's funny is I'm actually writing my first, not my first, What's my first horror movie? Well, horror paranormal movie now. So I'm excited about that script. I don't know what's going to happen to it. Something, maybe, something, maybe not. But I'm excited about just putting my creativity on paper. Uh, I've dry pitched it to a few people and they love it. <laughs> they love it. So I'm, I'm interested, intrigued by it. Um, I haven't really been watching a lot of movies, man. COVID really messed up my movie watching experience. I was the person that would go to the movies by myself and sit in there two and three films, man, all the time. And then when all the movie theaters shut down, man, I've only been to the movies once since COVID hit March of, what was that, 2020? Mm -hmm. I've only been back to the movies one time and that was to see uh, the new Black Panther. They did a special screening with my college and me and my wife went. So that was cool. But I've been on, see, I've been watching a lot of series lately, man. A lot yeah. of series, man. Um, like? Okay. So right now I'm stuck on uh, Accused. Have you seen Accused? No, I haven't. So Accused, I watch it on Hulu. This is the first season. I think it's three episodes out right now. But each episode starts inside of a courtroom with the person 
uh, that's being defended in the courtroom. So right. you don't know why they're there. You don't know the story. You don't know what happened. <laughs> so every episode starts in the courtroom with a defendant going through the trial and it backtracks to show what transpired <laughs> to get them there. It's a really dope show, bro. You should check it out. Accused. I, I will. I, I kind of like that style where we start out at the end yeah. and then we roll back. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, there's a couple other shows that are sort of similar to that. And it's because you think, you know, the whole story, but you don't, I mean, or yeah. you think, well, you know how it ends, but you don't really know the whole story. Right. Uh, I like that. I'll check that one out. Um, but well, uh, my friend, with that said, uh, one more time, tell everybody how they can support you, follow you, and also uh, keep keep up with all the events and everything you're going to be doing. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. Uh, you can follow me on all social media platforms. Just Dalen Spratt. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm always updating Twitter, or excuse me, Instagram and Facebook. That's where you can find out about all the events, everything that we have going. Um, we have our annual straight ghosting weekend every Halloween weekend in Savannah, Georgia. That's yearly. So make sure y'all get ready for that. We're going to start dropping tickets for that probably in the next month or so. That's always Halloween weekend in Savannah, Georgia. And we have Friday, Saturday, Sunday full of events. Uh, Yeah, man. And then make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, man. Just search Dalen Spratt on YouTube and I'll pop up. Make sure you subscribe, comment, and like on all the videos. And I promise you, throughout the rest of this year and beyond, I'm going to be dropping content every week. Right on. Well, my guest once more is Dalen Spratt of the Ghost Brothers. He has a YouTube channel, and it's Dalen Spratt on YouTube, Ghost Stories with a Ghost Brother. And for everybody out there, thank you for joining live and for listening to this show, wherever you engage with it. This has been Talking Strange. If you have stories you'd like to share of the strange and unusual, email me at talkingstrange at denofgeek.com. I'm Aaron Sagers, and until next time, be kind, stay spooky, and keep it weird. Talking Strange is a part of the Den of Geek Network, available wherever you listen to other podcasts. If you like what we're doing, share Talking Strange with your friends and fellow spooky nerds. And please, subscribe, rate, and leave a nice review. If you have a strange or paranormal story you would like to share with us, please email talkingstrange at denofgeek.com for a chance to have it read on a future episode. For video episodes of Talking Strange, check out twitch.tv slash denofgeektv and youtube.com slash denofgeekus. And please follow at TalkStrangePod on Twitter and at Aaron Sagers on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon for more paranormal pop culture content. Mm -hmm.